is outside the folds of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. I think it's important to make the distinction that this is regarding fiqh. Yes. yes? In jurisprudence, if matters are mukhtalafi, meaning they, you can disagree, there's, there's scope for disagreement, okay, then people can take different opinions. In aqeedah, however, there's no, so everything yes. we discussed in the first segment, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? Is, um, again, can ta- you define ta'aliqan? Your, your question is, can you define what sulah kulli is now that it's been used? Uh, ta'aliqan, firstly, on this uh, note. Firstly, ad-da'wah ila tajdeedi usul al-fiqh. Claims that we should renew usul al-fiqh, number one. Number two, madrasatu shaykh abdu wal-afghani, jamal al-deen al-afghani, wal-rashid ridah. Thirdly, fiqh al-aqalliyat wal-khuruj anil madahib al-arba'ah. This is an extreme to what was mentioned, at-tashaddud fil-fiqh. The mm. other extreme That's right. is what, ad-da'wa ila tajdeedi usul al-fiqh. Some people are calling for renewal of usul al-fiqh. To summarize, because of the lack of time, this claim is wrong because by the method of inductive al-istiqra, we know for instance, al-kalima is what? Ism fa'ilan har. This da'wah is similar to that. That the al-imam Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i rahimallah, he came along istiqra'an through inductive method. He placed down all the usul al-fiqh in his famous al-risala. Yes, to call for renewal of usul al-fiqh is like saying to, to rewrite Arabic grammar, meaning logically cannot be done. The most they can say is presented presented in a different yeah. manner, but the usul remains the same. Yeah. Number one. Number two, Madrasatu Abdu, Jamal al-Din al-Afghani and Rashid Rida, these were innovators at the turn of the century in Egypt and Misr. They had students like Mahmoud Shaltut, and others who, aside from denying the descent of Isa alayhi salam, they had other deviancy. Now, for instance, Mahmoud Shaltut is an example of he done tawbah on his deathbed. Mm. So he, there is reports he done tawbah on his deathbed, but he left his deviancy yeah. to misguide others. But what did they do? They brought about, the, aside from innovations in aqidah, like denial of miracles, which is against the beliefs of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they also innovated uh, bringing about new madhahib. So this brings us to the third subject, Al-Khuruj Anil Madhahib Al-Arba'ah. Fatwa is only permitted within the four schools. So there are some people who may quote I'alam Al-Mawqi'een of Ibn Qayyim Al-Jawziyah if you have the sabr to read such books. You should have patience reading I'alam Al-Mawqi'een, four volumes. You read through the book, the man makes Al-Alama Ibn Qayyim makes mistakes. What kind of mistakes? For instance, he says the Hanafis, they allow hila. Hmm. And yes, they do. But the hila that's prohibited is when you do irtikab al-haram, carrying out haram to validate mm-hmm. haram. Mm-hmm. That's the hila that's impermissible. The hila that the Hanafis do is what? Doing halal to permit something else. So these type of nuqul he has in his book, I'lam al which is the bid'ah of uh, 
some of the people have mentioned before, this fiqhul aqalliyat is to say that within minorities have a different fiqh to people who are majority Muslim countries, which is false. You can say fiqhul daruriyat. You can say fiqhul daruriyat. In a darura, there are certain things which are validated. Finally, there is sufficient scope within al-qawa'idul fiqhiyya, the qawa'id fiqhiyya, the legal maxims, which are found, well, which are mustakhraj from the madhahib arba'a, which give us extracted from them, which give us enough scope and enough ease within the four schools for, to give fatwa, that there is no need to give fatwa out of the four schools. Some people, what they do is they gather the positions of, for, for instance, Sa'id ibn Musayyib or Imam al Awza'i mm. or Sufyan al Thawri. Or Sufyan bin Uyayna, Rahimahullah, all these fuqaha, and they give fatwa to people from these uh, schools of thought. Why is this not permitted? As pointed by Ibn Hajar al Makki in Al Fathul Mubin and other ulama, that the usul of those madahib have not been mudawwan. The riwayah of those madahib has not been transmitted. Therefore, fatwa from those schools is not permitted no longer. Meaning, by the time going by, the schools have dissipated, they have disappeared, their usul are not preserved. So fatwa is only permitted within the four schools. Then within the four schools, a person, there is ikhtilaf, Nuruddin Ali al-Samhudi, he has ikhtilaf with the other scholars, if he becomes multazim bi madhab, then does he need to stick to the madhab? As Sheikh Abdul Ghani al Nabdi says, says otherwise, some people said, I misquoted Khulasa to Tahqiq. I went back to Khulasa to Tahqiq. Al Faslul Awwal, I did not misquote it. As long as you stay within one of the four schools, you are within the parameters of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And as long as you follow the Rajah opinions in the Maliki school, the Al Muftabihi in the Hanafi school, etc., you avoid the extreme of Muhammad Abdu and Rashid Rida. Yes. There are certain people attempting to promote these people now. And you avoid the extreme of what is referred to as fiqhul aqalliyat, as long as you stay within the scope as pointed out by Al-Imam Jalaluddin Abdul Rahman al-Suyuti in Jazilul Mawahid, fiqhtilaf al-Madhahib, small monograph on, on this issue. So that's with regard to these uh, four schools. Both four schools, just summar, uh, summarize it. Both four schools, the Hanafis, the Shafi'is, the Malikis, and the Hanbalis are schools of the Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah. If you see differences within them, do not shun them down. They are still sun uh, Sunnis. For example, a common question among Sunni laity who are Hanafi right now is the issue of Raf'ul Yadayn. And people question them that, why do you not raise your hands? And they bring out hadith from Bukhari and from Muslim and they say, you're uh, denying hadith, this, that, the other. These are differences of opinions within the four schools of fiqh from jurisprudence. The Hanafis, we have our reasoning that we do not raise our hands, okay? The Shafi'is have their reasoning that they do raise their hands. What the Salafis try to do is try to shun us as saying we are not people of hadith, we don't follow hadith. That is completely incorrect, okay? If you want to do raf'ul yadain, you do raf'ul yadain as a shafi'i. We do not completely uh, prohibit, uh, prohibit it or mm. condemn it as an action, okay? We believe that it is a valid position in the shafi'i school. So these are things that 
as a lay person, you need to understand these things. We do not get involved in these petty debates as laymen. Okay, these are valid differences of opinion within schools. What our main concern is, is of aqidah, with keeping our belief and our aitiqad firm upon the creed of the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. If you take away any message, then take this message away, that your aqidah is the most important of things that you have. It was the most... Uh, Biggest favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you is your iman, is your belief. Stay firm upon that and keep that intact within the boundaries and within the folds of the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. We will now, because we are lacking in time, we'll open up inshallah the Q&A. We have some written questions and we are open to take questions in public as well. However, your questions are directed at me and I will pass that on to the scholars inshallah. So if anybody has... If anybody has questions from the public, you can stand up and ask your question now before I read these ones. If these people do not follow the Ahlul Sunnah or Jama'at, what would be kind of them as far as black and white Ahlul Sunnah or Muslim? Yet they still fall under Muslim. Ahlul Bid'ah. Ahlul Bid'ah, Muslimin. We do not declare them Kufar. See, the hadith is Ila Thalathim wa Sabaina Firqa, 73 sect. All of them are in five except one. When they go to hell, it's if they are Muslim, it's not khulud finnar. Because bid'ah is similar to kabira. You know, as them, much greater. kabira, like it's similar but greater. Yes. Greater. So like you have zina and khamar. Zina and khamar is a sin. It gets you into hellfire. The bid'ah takes you to hellfire also, but it's a greater sin than khamar and zina. If the bid'ah is kufr, then the khulud fin nar is abadi. If the kufr is what? If the bid'ah is kufr. Mm. But otherwise, it's not, if it's not kufr, then it's not khulud fin nar. Plus, the hadith, tabtariqu ummati, there's a discussion on what the meaning of ummati is, ummatul ijaba, ummatul da'wah. Which is a different Forget the labels, you agree upon the madahib in fiqh, or you and you agree upon either the Ash'ari school, the Maturidi school, or the Hanbali school. 
It's by abandoning the labels. So if they abandon the label of the Ubundi and adopt the Hanafi, Maturidi positions in all the disputes, then the disputes will finish. The only, on that's, our side, that's the only way of unity. On what is known as Barelwi, <laughs> on the Barelwi side, if I say to a Barelwi that you adopt... Can you define a Barelwi? Listen to this. If I say to a Barelwi, <laughs> you adopt Hanafi Maturidi, they have no problem with this. Yep. Because they already adopt those positions. Mm -hmm. If I say to them, you're a Sunni, Hanafi Maturidi, this is the real Barelwis. If I say to them, that you avoid the label Barelwi and just say you're Sunni, Hanafi, Maturidi, you take your positions from the Hanafi, Maturidi school, they will have no problem with that. Additionally, if I say to them, and I'm not referring to the pseudo railways. Similarly, if I say to them, you adopt, which they already have adopted, when it comes to creedal matters, we will refer back to Ibn Abdin and pre-Ibn Abdin. They will have no problem with that also. Mm -hmm. So the way to unify with the Diobandis is to go pre-Dioband. So the Diobandi public, they should go pre-Dioband. And any positions they differ on, go, go and look at the... And this is what was stated by Abdul Sattar Khan Niyazi, Al-Ittihad Bain al-Muslimin in his book. He said to the Diobandis, if we differ, let's go back to Fatawa Alamgiri. Yes? Yeah. He said, let's go back to Fatawa Alamgiri. And then he said, what was the second book? If we differ on Fatawa Alamgiri, let's go back to your book, Al-Muhannad. The positions that you mentioned, you check mm. the book of Abdul Star Khan Niazi. So basically, in summary, the only way of unity is unity in creed. If you unite on the creed of the Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, there is no issue with uniting on other, uh, with other people, but they must unite on the creed of the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. If you oppose the creed of the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we are not permitted, okay? As people of correct and sound creed, we are not permitted to unite with you on false uh, belief, on false creed. That is a label of liberalism, okay? Or perennialism, as you say that, oh no, everybody's okay, this, that. No, sometimes you have to call a spade a spade. When it's wrong, it's wrong. And that's why we do not unite, yeah, we do not unite on kufr, we do not unite on deviancy, we do not unite on bid'ah. Yes, in certain cases we may uh, unite in political agendas. Okay, that is absolutely fine. There's no issue with that. Aqdas, uh, you had a question. You see, anyone who says perennial philosophy is a valid position amongst Sunni ulama is either entirely ignorant, which I don't think is the case, or is purposefully misinforming people. And this is, seems to be the case. They are misinforming the Sunni public of positions. Now, for instance, in this case, you're referring to Hamza Yusuf. Hamza Yusuf, people have issues with him for being politically wrong in many things. But he stated with regard to the Ashairah, the Asharis, that they contradict uh, the, the laws of logic. How that we, the Asha'irah, we say that the Sifat of Allah, not Aynudhat and not Ghayrudhat. And then he said, look, they contradict the laws of logic. 
when this is incorrect, what they mean by عَيْنُ الذَّاتِ and غَيْرُ الذَّاتِ is that the sifat are not the essence of Allah and neither are they inseparable from Allah. It's not a, a contradiction of the law of logic. But he misinformed the public of that. Similarly, he continuously states that Sunni ulama validated, validated perennial philosophy, like from Faisal Tafriqa, misquote. Or he quotes a Sheikh Muhyuddin ibn Arabi and misquotes him with regard to Fana'un Nar, when he knows very well that the likes of Imam Abdul Wahab al-Sha'rani and others have corrected the misunderstanding with regard to these things. So I would say be aware of him or the likes in terms of creedal issues. Creedal issues. You cannot be like the Wahhabi uh, Mutawa in Saudi Arabia, they forcefully stop people from listening to people. People are free to listen to whom they want, but our task is to inform them that be careful on creedal issues, that he will misinform you of these basic things, which a, a person in the public will be unaware. But then they will think, look, the Asharis are contradicting uh, the, uh, uh, the laws of logic. So this is why, and there are some people who are on social media now, they copy this from Hamza Yusuf. So there is a person on social media, he said, look, the Asharis, they contradict the laws of logic. He's mm. taking that from Hamza Yusuf mm. without verification. So I would say be careful of such people in terms of creedal issues. Yeah. Very important to understand that when the scholars do say that such a person, you should not listen to such a person, they don't say that out of hatred for that person. People think, oh, it's because you don't like him, or you're not as big as him, or you don't have as much as knowledge. No, the reason why a scholar will ever warn you from listening to another person is because they care for your belief. Because you as a lay person are not able to differentiate between what's right and wrong. Like for example, what Shaykh just mentioned, yes, the sifat of Allah being aynu that or ghayr that, that must have bounced over your heads. Okay, in the same manner, so many things that that person may say, you may not understand, but you'll end up believing and quoting these things. That's why the scholars will warn you to be careful of who you take your religion from and who you listen to. At the end of the day, you can't force anybody not to listen to anybody. Okay, وَمَا عَلَيْنَا إِلَى الْبَلَاغِ It is upon us to convey the message, whether you act upon it or not, you will be held accountable for that. Uh, anything you would like to add to that, Mawlana? Um, that, that, I absolutely concur with 100% everything. MashaAllah, that's very good. Uh, what advice can you give? Uh, sorry, I was taking questions from that. G. Okay. Uh, let me just repeat the question. So the question, Sheikh Asad, is that if the is it permissible for an individual? who has two fatwas, one is more lenient and is a valid fatwa. The, okay, the, the distinction you have to make is even though it's lenient, it has to be valid. Okay, it can't be a made-up fatwa. The fatwa has to be valid. So you come across two valid opinions within your school of thought, which uh, one is lenient, one is extreme. Are you permitted to follow the lenient one to make life easy for yourself? Not um, extreme, but a bit rigid, that's it. Not extreme. Not extreme, maybe a bit more difficult for your Strict, most Yeah, so yes. the, the, the most atqa position, i.e. the one with the most precaution, and the, most, the, the position of the most taqla is to take the one that is more difficult for your nafs. However, if the second opinion is a valid opinion, valid opinion, 
then it, if you were to take that, then there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. As for who you're taking your opinions from, fatwa shopping is is an issue, right? We get it all the time. Yeah, somebody will come to myself and ask me a, a question, then they'll go to Sheikh Sayyid Sundani, ask ask him a question, and you know, uh, and in certain matters, then there may be a slight difference. You should stick to one scholar, and that scholar, as Mulana Nizam earlier said, should be your local imam. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this very clear disclaimer on, you know, the work that we do, say, for example, on social media is not for people who have access to scholars. We've said that multiple times. If you have access to a teacher, you have access to a scholar. You go to them scholars. You don't need to take fatwa from or fatwa. You don't need to take a ruling from me or anyone else. Okay. So in that case, you stick to one position with one scholar who is from one of the four schools, of course, in, in the majority case here would be at the Hanafi school, go to your local Imam, you ask him. And especially when it comes to getting a personal fatwa, the Imam should know you. And when the Imam knows you or the scholar knows you, he will be able to assess your situation best and give you the best fatwa. Yeah. Is that that's my part? Yeah. That's your part. Yes, uh, taking from the internet for a layperson is not permissible because you are not able to differentiate between what is right and wrong. Again, okay, Sheikh Google is not the Mufti Madhabu Ahli Sunnah. Yeah, he's not the Mufti of the Hanafi Madhab. He's not a Mufti at all. Okay, what he does is stores information, stores data. That's just like you walk into a library, open a book. I like this, I'm going to follow this. That's not permissible, right? You have to ask a qualified scholar. And as Mawlana Islam, again, reiterating this concept of build your relationship with your local Imam so you are able to ask him these questions, whether in private or in person, via text message, however that may be, build this relation. You are not a Sunni lay person, not even a Sunni, any lay person. No scholar will ever say that to his community, that you go on the internet and find whatever opinion suits you and follow that, okay? You should take from credible Sunni ulama, and those Sunni ulama, if they have credible sources, one for example is Seeker's Path, Okay, take from them sources, that's not an issue. But even then, when you take the fatwa, give it to your local scholar and say, look, I read this online. Am I understanding it correctly? Okay, because you may take a fatwa and you as a layman may not understand it properly. So it's imperative to do that. Let's qualify what you mean by taking from the internet. In terms of uh, Hanafi fiqh, the scope of difference is very less. So what is referred to as al-mufta bihi is a very narrow path. The school has been the school has been sieved through after post Ibn Abidin Rahimullah. Most of our fatawa are agreed upon. There are only a few fatawa on modern issues which may be disagreed upon. But the fatawa, the Hashi Ibn Abidin Radul Muhtar is the decisive book which determines the fatwa in our school. So in the Hanafi school, most of the fatawa are agreed upon. I would advise people posting on Instagram or Facebook fatawa to copy from al-durrul mubaha fil hadri wal ibaha subhanallah and you will make all bahari shariat bahari shariat is a valid book and alhamdulillah we are undertaking the arabic translation subhanallah mashallah of this work mashallah underway inshallah ta'ala but the point being that you copy most of the questions people ask you 
have not changed from that time. So when you post on Instagram, do that, inshallah, you'll have less criticism of your answers. Yeah, that's that uh, criticism occurs with everyone, even with myself. If I leave something unqualified, mm -hmm. like MMA fighting is haram, Un I'm qualifying it's haram, mutlaqan. Boxing, boxing is haram. But sometimes people may pick up upon when you're making an exception in terms of I was entertaining some of the Lozell's youth. Lozell's is a rough area. And I said to me, unless you're like Habib, it's haram. As a way of jest. But the point is that it's haram. But people pick up and say, look, they are giving false fatwa. So it's better, more ihtiyat, to copy from books like Adurarul Mubaha, Bilhadri Walibaha, by Khalil bin Abdul Qadir and Nahlawi Rahimallah, or Bahari Shariat, or these type of reliable books. Some fatwa have changed over time. For those, go to the work of Sheikh Nuruddin Itr, I'lamul Anam. One of the best works written in our times. Yes, brother. Okay, first of all, people need to understand how to read. Can you just uh, repeat the question? People might. Okay, so uh, on on the so, so so I got into a back and forth with an individual on Twitter, and I mentioned about Sheikh Hamza Yusuf being. I said I respect him uh, as a scholar. But the thing is when people again take one part of, of a tweet and don't read the other parts, then of course then there's going to be issues. What's been mentioned about the individual Sheikh Hamza Yusuf that's been mentioned, I'm going to make this very clear now so everybody can open their ears and then you can go put it on all of the forums that you want, okay? What's been mentioned, okay, is clear. We're clear with that. We, anybody who supports perennialism, and I actually made this very clear the day after, okay? And you saw that anybody who supports, endorses perennialism, okay, is uh, a person who we cannot take from. That's what we made very, very clear. When I was speaking about Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, I said, I respect him as a scholar in his own right. That's what I mentioned, if you read the tweet properly. And just prior to that, I said, we agreed to disagree on many things. Okay, so I'll talk about the meeting in a while. Number one, do we, can we, just as... Uh, Al-Imam Ahmad Rida Khan Rahmatullahi Ali Radiallahu Anhu Arda said about Ibn Taymiyyah for example he said that his scholarship he respected but he disagreed with him and he called him out called him out I say for me and my level what I am okay I respect Sheikh Hamza for his scholarship but I don't agree with many of his points is there anything wrong with saying that? Can you qualify and be the so again uh as long as you condemn the bid'ah, as long as you make it clear that you do not adopt those positions or you condemn any promotion of those acts of innovation, I think uh, it may have been an impromptu post on yes. your part. Yes. You've qualified it. Yeah. I think the issue should be laid to rest. He's made it very clear. He's told me about the meeting. I'll tell you what happened in the meeting. 
Yeah, you can tell. Uh, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf misquoted Imam Abu Hamid Al-Ghazali to him from Faislu Tafriqa uh, regarding perennial philosophy. He referred to the UK Barelwis as Takfiris, meaning me. So you guys may say, when I say pseudo-Barelwis, outside of the UK, yourself. people know me as the biggest Barelwi going. <laughs> but the, the, the Barelwis as being Takfiris, which is a lie, as we've demonstrated, we are not Takfiris. We have usul and dawabit of takfir. We are not like the ahbash who declare ulama kufar, hmm. like they declared a Sayyid Muhammad bin Alawi al-Maliki a kafir. They declared Sheikh Muhammad Sa'id Ramadan al-Bouti a kafir. This is false positions. We do not do a tasarru' fi takfir. We do not hasten in takfir. So he said that to Mawlana Asad Ali, Mawlana Asad Ali gave his sentiments back. He made an impromptu, po- meaning tomorrow if I meet Hamza Yusuf, you will be very clear on what I'm saying to Hamza Yusuf. Mm-hmm. The last time I found him, I condemned him for his praise of the Indians, uh, the Hindu Indian army and the occupation of Kashmir mm-hmm. and uh, some of the issues to do with more political issues, more political issues. I've spoken up to him direct, but he doesn't change. Regarding perennialism, regarding his Don takeouts, he doesn't change. Have we done takfir of him? No. He's a Muslim. He's a Muslim. We do not do takfir of him. And if he respects him for his age, like I said, I respect Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayya for his age, for his learning. But he's mistaken on so many things. Takfir is not our task. But condemnation of the issue yep, is exactly. essential. So just- do not lose focus of the issue. And do not get emotional about attachment uh, to a person. Look at the, the issue itself. I, I think it's, uh, it needs to be mentioned, right? Um, in terms of uh, slander, which is clear slander. You know, like, and, and these type of things on forums where you literally, you know, Shasab's are completely aware of it because it's happened to him as well. You know, people are, you're giving, <laughs> Alhamdulillah, yeah, it, it, you know, it is what it is. People are, people are giving, people are saying, we're not saying anything. You're giving an opportunity for people who are non-scholars to slander people who are students of knowledge. Okay, let's not call myself a scholar, a student of knowledge. And then people character assassinate. People will, uh, you know, target, you know, a person's study. And then they will, they will, you know, uh, falsely attribute things towards a person. Um, in any case, that's haram. One thing I would say, though, it's ha- with regard to this, yeah. me being a public figure, mm-hmm. I forgive everyone who's ever slandered me today. Subhanallah. An individual who's on video, numerous individuals who slandered me on video, and I forgive you today for the sake of Allah. Why? Allah. I'm a public figure. When I go into the public platform, I should be prepared for this slander. Yeah. Yes? So... Uh, grow thick skin. <laughs> Allah will raise your status. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do not defend yourself, yeah, you move on with the questions and answers. Subhanallah. Now, any other questions? That's Hey, you have a program with the HD. I had a very conversation with 
So, with regard to that, the slandering of a particular Sunni Sheikh who was slandered, he wasn't slandered when he shared stages with deviants on the LGBT issue. So he shared stages with deviant people on the LGBT issue with Shia and other sects. He wasn't slandered. Why? Because the Sunni community understood this is a common issue. So similarly, when I share stages with the Hizb tahrir or political political gatherings, like with Al-Haytham Al-Haddad, it was over the uh, bombings. It was organized by five pillars regarding the bombings in Gaza. People understood this is a political issue. So there is no double standard with regard to that. With regard to him being slandered and on the issue of carrying a child, that was a fiqhi issue carried out by one particular individual who slandered other ulama also. So there was no real double standards in that regard. No, because I believe uh, Sayyid Irfan Shah is an example of that his history did not protect him. Yes? Meaning more, he outdates everyone. Hmm. Yes? Yes, yeah, so with the nuanced questions, there could be one reason, and that reason could be that I am explicit on certain issues of creed, while other public figures are not. I think... So, with regard to prayer behind them, you know Sudais, the Imam of Makkah, <clears throat> recently he gave comments praising America, praising Trump, and praising Donald Trump. So many Salafis said that from henceforth they will not pray Salah behind Sudais. Did you hear about this? Why do they not pray behind a Sudais? Because they have issues with what? His political stance on America. So they justify that. If an Imam of the Haram validates Israel tomorrow, would you pray Salah behind him? You would not. So similarly for us, when they say statements like the Prophet ﷺ is dead in his grave and he doesn't benefit you, we do not pray behind them. Is that clear? Yes, all four Sunni schools.
No, they for following one school of thought is fine. So the one school of thought that they follow, by default, without realizing, they are following that one school of thought. So the statement we follow Quran Sunnah is just a slogan. Kalimatul Haq. Yuradu biha al-batil, like Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu said. So all, all the four schools of thought, they do follow the Quran and the Sunnah as well. Okay, they don't oppose the Quran and the Sunnah, they follow the Quran and the Sunnah as well. As for some claimants who say, we do not follow any madhab from the four madhahib, we don't follow any of them, we take only from the Quran and Sunnah and that's it. Okay, this is... Uh, that person who says that is a mubtadi' because it is from the daruriyat of the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah to follow one of the four schools of thoughts. Okay. Next time that person does it, take him the Quran and the Hadith and say, take out inheritance laws yourself. Anything else? Okay, we'll move, we'll move on to the questions which are written. Uh, firstly, these three questions are specifically for Shaykh Asra Rashid, which is, uh, Shaykh, to hold the belief that one, uh, minimize the answers, please. Uh, to hold the belief that one prophet, uh, I'm read the questions. To hold the belief that the prophets can commit minor sins but not major, is this a belief of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah? So this qawl, this qawl, he wants me to summarize the statement. Sometimes when you summarize too much, it lands you in trouble. So it has to be sufficient tafsil. This qawl that the Anbiya can commit imkan, note it's imkan of Sagira. Imkanu Sagira is Qawl Marjuh. It's Qawl Marjuh. It's not a valid Qawl. We take the Qawl that it's impossible, Mumtani'. But someone who states this, we won't declare them a Mubtadi'. They do not believe in Wuqu'. They do not believe in Wuqu'. So such type of Aqwal are found in Kitab Al-Tawheed of Abu Mansur Muhammad bin Muhammad Al-Maturidi Rahimallah. It's Al-Qawl Al-Marjuh. Is not the valid it's not the valid position and it's imkan it's not wuku. if somebody believes in the wuku, what is the ruling on that person the wuku, it's ibtida there's some people who believe in wuku al-kufr mm -hmm. this is from anbiya this is kufr itself mm -hmm. there is a particular alim but we won't go into that now okay uh, the next question is to hold the belief that all the companions will enter paradise eventually however uh the odd few, some of them will be punished in Jahannam first before entering paradise. Is this a belief of the Ahlul Sunnah? No, because look, with this belief, firstly, for someone to say some of them will be punished in Jahannam, they need a Nas. There is no such Nas. There is no such Nas in Quran and Sunnah. In fact, it's the opposite. Every Sahabi shall enter paradise without entering hell. Yes, this is the correct position. Every Sahabi will enter paradise. Now, I know emotions are high. I wanted to keep this uh, with less emotions. Inshallah. This is why I'm not suited for Pakistan. Yeah. <laughs> Completely disagree. The issue is that every Sahabi, look, my position on this is every Sahabi is also mahfuz. And even if a sin does occur, they are punished on earth or they do tawbah. On earth. There is no dalil that a sahabi did a sin, 
and was musir on the sin. They all did tawbah, like the man he committed adultery. He went to the Prophet and said, I don't, adultery was punished on earth. The Sahabi was drunk and they wanted to curse him. And the Prophet said, he loves Allah and his messenger. And then he was punished on earth. No Sahabi commits a sin and then is musir on the sin. They all do tawbah, they all are mahfuz. They all are protected and they all enter paradise. If you want to go into a Sheikh Muhyiddin ibn Arabi and Futuhatul Makiyah, that's a different issue. What he says regarding the Ummah of the Prophet never mind Allah. any Sahabi. So the Sahaba are mahfuz, um, the, and this is across the board, but the higher the rank, as well as another issue. Ijtihad, khata ijtihadi. This issue, even if a Sahabi who is a mujtahid commits khata in the ijtihad, the hadith that states, إِذَا اجْتَهَدَ الْمُجْتَهِدُ فَأَصَابَ فَلَهُ أَجْرًا وَإِذَا أَخْطَأَ فَلَهُ أَجْرٌ Go and check what Imam Abdul Wahab al-Sha'rani says, even the khata is a correct position in al-Islam. Even the khata of the mujtahid, because the sharia is بَيْنَ الْعَظِيمَةِ وَالْرُخْصَةِ so Imam Abu Hanifa is correct. He will get two rewards. If he is wrong, he'll get one reward. But he is wrong doesn't mean it's not Sharia. So if therefore, if someone says a Sahabi or a Sahabiya made khata ijtihadi, it does not entail that they will do something that is ghair shari, is essential. And with regard to fadak, Sayyidatuna Fatima radiallahu anha, my position is that she did not, she did not make ijtihad in the first place. This is my position. She was mahfuza. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anha is mahfuz. And this nonsense that people have started, they should desist and it's causing fitna amongst the public. Sahih. Um, next question, can a scholar such as Imam Shafi'i or the awliya of the past, the likes of Shaykh Ahmad al-Rifai or Shaykh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani, rahimahumullah, can they be higher in rank than the companions? Waliyadu billah, waliyadu billah. Who said wilaya of those people is greater than the suhba of the Sahaba? Allah. The suhba is higher of the wilaya of those people. So these people, they quote. A quote ascribed to Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimallah, that he said al-Mahdi will be greater in rank than a shaykhain. Go and check what Ibn Hajar al-Haytami, rahimallah, in al-Qawl al-Mukhtasar, mentions fi akhbar al-Mahdi al-Muntadhar. He states, lam yasiha, it's not authentic. Additionally, what Muhammad bin Abdi Rasul al-Barzanji mentions in Al-Isha'a, the Ishrat al-Sa'a, he does, he does naqd of this narration from the Salaf. Additionally, check what Muhammad bin Ahmad al-Safarini rahimahullah states. He states this qawl is not authentic. So this is a bid'ah to believe a wali who is not a Sahabi, who is not all the Anbiya awliya, all the Sahaba awliya. Their wilaya is greater than the wali of a non-Sahabi. So to believe those wali awliya have a higher rank than a Sahabi, anyone who holds this position is from the Ahlul Bid'ah.
from the people of innovation. Haven't the scholars mentioned it as being kufr, Sheikh? Like, That's on taftil of anbiya. So if they believe that they are greater than anbiya, then they commit kufr. Um, a question for you, Maulana Nidham. How do you deal with fake or ex-Muslims that generally attack laymen? So there's people who claim that oh, I left Islam because of this, which generally the lying. They never, they were never Muslims in the first place. Uh, how do you, how should a layman deal with that? A layman should not be dealing with it at all. That's uh, the, that's the layman has no knowledge, um, and when he starts getting into debates which are beyond his scope of knowledge, he may be even affected. He may get affected by the opposition himself. So this is very dangerous. No layman should get into debates online um, because it is a danger and threat for your own iman. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says That the slaves of the Rahman, the most merciful, they walk on this earth in a humble manner. And when the ignorant ones try to speak with them, they say peace. So that's the best way. Uh, the next question is, can a Sunni Muslim marry a Dilbandi, a Salafi, or a Wahhabi? We're going straight, um, explicit questions, no holding back. Is, is that my question? Yeah. Can a Sunni Muslim marry a Dilbandi, Salafi, or Wahhabi? Uh, no, they cannot. The act, the act, that will, will take place. The yeah. act will be valid, yeah. but they will be sinful. Yeah. They will be sinful. Marriage with those who are Muqtadi', who are deviants, uh, the position of the Ahlul Sunnah is the nikah will be valid. However, we do not advise or the scholars say this is not something that you should be doing because you are then accepting deviancy and you... They influence the... the you are able yeah. to yeah. influence. You will get influence. Your children will get influenced by deviancy and you are required by the law of the Sharia to protect yourself and your children from the fire of hell. As Allah says in the Quran, anfusakum wa ahlikum nara." Save yourself yeah. and save your children from the fire of hell. So there is a hadith on Ahlul Bid'ah, La tu jalisum wa la tu akiluhum. Do not sit with them, do not eat with them. There's also wala tunakihuhum. Do not marry them. So uh, the hukum is the same. Waman waqara sahiba bid'atin faqada'a ana ala hadim al-Islam. These ahadith on Ahlul Bid'ah have ahkam. Go and read Fatah al-Haramain bi rajfi nadwatil main. And go and read Sabilun Najat of Imam Yusuf al Nabahani Rahimahullah. What about a person who is not actually a Dilbandi, a Wahhabi, a Salafi, however, he's attributed to them because he goes to a certain masjid? What's the hukum on that person? Such a person is a Muslim sirf. Uh, with such people, the nikah would be valid. Yeah. Okay. Meaning a Muslim sirf. But some people object to me on this, they object. They say, we don't come across these people. So people from India, Pakistan, South Africa, everyone fits into a particular group. But they don't realize our situation in the UK. In the UK, it's different. So remember, the answers I am giving are in accordance with our situation in the UK. Yes. There are people who are simple, who do not associate and ascribe to any of these sects, and they are Muslims. So we deal with them like Sunni Muslims, as long as they do not adopt deviant beliefs. Um, how do we deal with scholars who are considered kafir by some scholars and not by others? So like some, uh, uh, a scholar gives a fatwa that this person's a kafir, 
Uh, or give an example of a person who is deemed kafir by some and not others because I'm unfamiliar of anyone today. Maybe Adnan Ibrahim, but even I've heard Adnan Ibrahim from Jordan. No one's done takfir of him as far as I know. Ismail al-Dahlwi, for example. Like, yes, yeah, so we take tawakkuf. Ismail al-Dahlwi, we tawakkuf. We, we do not declare him a kafir. Yet again, tawakkuf. Ihtiyat is better. Ihtiyat is better. So someone mentioned Dr. Tahir al-Qadri, we do not declare him a kafir. It's not essential to declare the man a kafir. What benefit will that bring to people? I tell you why. Minhajul Quran has so many members who are Sunnis. True or false? Yes, true. The members of Minhajul Quran, Minhajul Quran is not a sect, it's an organization. So many people within the Minhajul Quran are Sunni Muslims. They do not know about the intricacies. Refute the, the actions like in Wembley, what he did. Maybe even write to him and get a clarification, but he's uh, so fed up of clarifying himself, apparently, that he doesn't seem a need, he doesn't see a need to clarify himself to anyone. But declaring the man a disbeliever, a kafir, is not essential. If we busy ourselves with that, then we will not busy ourselves with groundwork. Mm -hmm. Like Hamza Yusuf has made Zaytuna Institute, a university, that he's in contact with Prime Minister Imran Khan. We Sunni Muslims should be establishing a similar type of institute in Britain, exactly. in, the, in America also. Dr. Tal Qadri is busy with making his Minajul Quran organization and its various branches. We Sunni Muslims should be busy in doing that work also. Yes, simultaneously warn regarding issues. Issues are the most important thing. Not attacking the individual, it's not always essential. So one thing which I would want to say that I've learned over the years, there is something called mizaj. Mizaj is your own personal nature. Do not get mizaj mixed up with Islam. Like sometimes I may be angry and I say, oh, such and such person, that's my mizaj. Fatwa mizaji is not what is needed. The fatwa according to your mizaj. You are angry one day, so you swear at someone. It doesn't make it Islam. Yep. Yeah. There are some people that literally go to sleep on a forum one day and there's nothing wrong. The next day they just wake up and declare somebody a salakulli. So like that is precisely what you mean by fatwa mizaji that don't attack an individual based on your own situation at what you think, I think this, I think that. Uh, that's very important to clarify. Um, the next question, is there anything else in the public? I guess not. Okay, the next question is... Uh, Shaykh, are we allowed to pray behind Imams of the Haramain when we go to Umrah? Okay, that's been answered. Are we allowed to pray in Masajid which have uh, Imams who claim to be from the Deobandi sect as well as Wahhabi Salafi? Uh, should Sunni Muslims be going to these places, these Masajid and praying their Salah in their Masjid? Sunni Muslims should pray in Sunni Masajid. What's the ruling of somebody who prays behind these people? What's the ruling in a prayer? Again, everyone sitting here is familiar with the Bidah. So you repeat your salah. Yes. What I was referring to on Ummah TV was referring to someone who is actually ignorant of those rulings. And there are people I'll bring you in front of you. In fact, uh, Al-Imam Ahmadullah Khan rahimahullah ta'ala mentions uh, avoidance of takfir of people who cannot understand the qa'iq of kalam. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he mentions a category of people. 
So amongst the awam, there are people who do not know the differences. The people who know the differences cannot pray behind them. Or if they do, they, their salah is makru tahriman. What about those But people? this is an issue of fiqh. Yeah. It's not an issue of aqidah because in the Shafi school they can pray. Okay. What about somebody who knows that the person is a deviant? Also, sorry, the person like you mentioned, a person who does not know. You use the verse uh, of the Quran that la yukallifullahu nafsan illa wus'aha. Isn't, is it not the responsibility of the scholar to make that lay person who does not know, make him aware that do not pray in this masjid because the imam of this masjid holds such and such a belief? Yes, uh, the ulama should inform the public, uh, but the, the taklif I was referring to, the, some people said it was misapplication of the verse. Taklif is in accordance with your level. So I was attempting to convey the fact that there are some lay people who cannot grasp these issues and you come across them all the time people who live in real life like myself know this some people may be stuck in the confines of their madrasa or be hide behind a youtube screen but they do not have interaction with the real world in the real world there are maratib of people but the general hook the general judgment is salah behind ahlul bid'ah is makru tahriman and if they have kufr in their beliefs, then it's not permitted. But the makru tahriman refers to bid'ah, uh, and it's an actual issue of fiqh because in the Shafi school it's allowed. That's fine, that's his own opinion, his own choice. Yeah, sometimes the forum may be beneficial, but again, you are layman. You are not able to decipher what is beneficial on a forum, what is not beneficial on a forum. So my personal advice would be stay away from such forums. If you really want a forum, come to your masjid and sit with your local alim. Yes. Okay, then you can discuss the matters in however much detail you wish to discuss. I'm not disparaging what people do. I don't agree with it and I'm making my, uh, I'm, I'm voicing my opinion in public on a microphone in front of our other people are not able to do that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Sheikh Asalar, we are advised to go to our local imams, but what if our local Barelvi imams, I don't like this term being used. You started. What if our, our local Barelvi imams say things against the creedal belief, such as God sits on the throne, na'udhu billah, has a hand made of light, a face, a face made of light. This is bid'ah. This such an imam is not adopting the creed of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Um, he is not a real Brailwi. But remember even the term Brailwi, uh, Ahmad Rai Brailwi, uh, many people who refer to themselves as Brailwi, he's not Sunni. And he shouldn't yeah. be referred to as Brailwi, meaning association with Al-Imam Ahmad Rida Khan. This is Bid'ah and Salah behind such a person is not permissible the way it's not permissible behind person who believes in, in Khan Kids. But I'll give you a real life scenario. An old man from Indian, Bangladeshi, Pakistani community, old man, who's come here in the 1950s, 1960s, he prays in his local Sunni masjid. The Sunni masjid hires this imam. The old man is unable to comprehend this. Allah has a face of nur. He just listens and he says, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. You tell me, is his salah done? He's not able to understand them. If he's not able to understand these issues, his salah is done. This is what I was referring to on Ummah channel. His yeah. salah is done anyways because uh, 
Prayer behind the deviant is makruh tahriman, which makes it wajibul i'adan, necessary to repeat. However, his fardiyat would be saqit. So this is the, the attempt I was, what I was attempting to convey and articulate at that particular time. Uh, inshallah, that oh, concludes. Just leave uh, two, three minutes, inshallah. Of course, it's permitted. You can pray behind people who follow another madhab. Last final question, inshallah. You should ask the committee why they hire such imams. Yes? Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless each and every single one of you. Just a final thing. Uh, you may have certain questions that you... I'm sorry, we're finished now. It's taking too long. You may have questions or, or any objections from anything that has been mentioned. Please, I beg of you as a brother in Sunniyat, if you do have any objections from anything that anybody on this panel has said, please approach them privately. You can get their contact details from Hafiz Uwais. You can reach myself or uh, Sheikh Asad on Instagram. If you have a problem with anything that we have said, or question, or you might want us to elaborate on something, reach out to us directly. Please do not go on forums or in your own little Facebook group chats or on your WhatsApp messages and slander and swear and curse. Okay, that is haram. This backbiting is haram. If you have an issue with anything, come directly, inshallah. We are responsible for what we have said, inshallah. We will clarify if anything has been said wrong, inshallah, we are. Uh, we will be retracting that, inshallah. We hope that it was not the case. Alhamdulillah. Jazakumullah. Thank you very much to every single person who turned up. Thank you very much for the organizers, the hosts of this event. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon each and every single one of us. We'll finish with Salatu Salam because this is uh, one of the practices, the ma'amulat of the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Mustafa Jane Rahmat Pelako Salam Shamai Vazme Hedayat Pelako Salam Shamai Vazme Hedayat Pelako ہم غریبوں کے آقا پہ بے حد درود ہم غریبوں کے آقا پہ بے حد درود ہم فقیروں کی سروت پہ لاکھوں سلام مصطفیٰ جانِ رحمت پہ لاکھوں سلام شمعِ بزمِ ہدایت پہ لاکھوں یا الٰہی صدقائے آلِ رسول یہ سلامِ عاجزانہ ہو قبول اللہم اہدینا فی من ہدیت وعطينا فيما نعطيت اللهم وقنا الشر ما قدرت وقديت اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والنعمة الدائمة دوام النعمة 
نسألك المعافى في الصحة والبدن والمال والأهل والأولاد والعرض والعقل والدين وكل شيء يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم احفظنا من المحن والبلايا التي تخرج من الأرض وتنزل من السماء اللهم احفظنا من الآفات والأسقام والأوجاع والأمراض وارزقنا الصحة الكاملة يا رب العالمين اللهم ارزقنا التقوى في السر والعلن يا رب العالمين واجعل ظاهرنا وباطننا سواء في طاعتك وترك المعصية يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعل أبداننا هينا لينا في طاعتك يا رب العالمين واجعل جوارحنا مطيعة لك يا رب العالمين اللهم اشفي قلوبنا من أمراضها الباطنة من الحقد والحسد والبغض والكبر وسائر أمراض القلب يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعلنا متوجهين إليك في أمورنا كلها يا رب العالمين اللهم حقق فينا العبودية لك يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعلنا من المشاهدين لك في أحوالنا وفي تقلبنا على هذه الأرض يا رب العالمين اللهم رب النبي محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وأذهب غيظ قلوبنا وأجرنا من مضلات الفتن ما أحييتنا يا ذا الجلال والكرام اللهم اجعل القرآن الربيع قلوبنا ونور به أبصارنا وعقولنا وقلوبنا يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعلنا من التالين لكتابك آناء الليل وطراف النهار يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعلنا متمسكين بالقرآن والسنة يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظنا من عذاب القبر وضغط القبر وظلمة القبر وحشة القبر وآنسنا بالقرآن الكريم في الدنيا والآخرة يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعل سورة الملك منجية لنا في قبورنا اللهم ارزقنا حسن الخاتمة يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظنا من فتنة الدجال وفتنة هذه الأيام يا رب العالمين اللهم أمتنا على السنة والجماعة يا رب العالمين وجعلنا من الواردين على حوض النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احشرنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وجماعته من الصحابة الكرام عليهم رضوان يا رب العالمين وجعلنا من الواردين الشاربين من حوضه الشريف يا رب العالمين وجعلنا من الذين تبيضوا وجوههم بعد شربة هنيئة لا ضمآن بعدها يا رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه يجمعين You can uh, come from this way, inshallah, to meet and don't push each other, uh, salam properly.